Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season two. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season two, episode two, Morality Bites. It originally aired on October 7th, 1999 and had 6.8 million viewers. So we open on the manor and it is daytime. Piper walks into the kitchen with a bag of groceries and Prue and Phoebe are standing there and Phoebe asks what she bought and says that it's stinky. And Piper says, duty. And Prue says, we weren't out of that. (laughs) And Phoebe laughs. And Piper explains that some guy's dog keeps shitting on their sidewalk and they've left notes. And Phoebe says that she's going to say something next time she sees him. Then they hear a dog and they all run to the window and they see it happening again. And Phoebe tells them that they should use their magic to teach him a lesson. And she says that it's for the greater good. Think of it as community service and that they'd be doing the whole block a favor. So she opens the window and Piper freezes the guy and Prue moves the dog poo onto his shoe. And then he unfreezes and he's super pissed and starts looking around and they all hide. Prue asks if he saw Phoebe and Phoebe says, so what if he did? What's he going to do? Cry witch. And she goes to the watch TV and Prue and Piper are going to go make coffee. Phoebe lays on the couch and she's flipping through the channels. And there's this new show playing about Cal Green, who's a baseball player. And while this is playing, Phoebe has a premonition of a live broadcast from February 26th, 2009. And there we see that in the broadcast, she is being burned alive. And Prue and Piper are standing there just watching. Phoebe screams and sits up and Prue and Piper come over to her and she says that she saw her future and she was being executed and all of them look upset and that's the end of that first scene. What a strong intro. Can I just say this? I think I named it even as one of my favorite episodes. I've always, always loved it. Always loved it so much. Yeah, I always forget about this episode, but this is a really good one. So I, I've been looking forward to talking about this one. I also forgot how early in season two it came up. I remember, I know I mentioned that to you over text, but like, I forgot this was the second episode of season two. Me too. I really thought it came much later, but I guess I was wrong. But so far in this scene, little intro, we see Phoebe in prison being burned alive. Fuck is that about? Um, I have more to say, but I feel like can't really say it until we get a little further in. Yeah, I mean, you know, this stuff with the guy and the dog is all kind of, like, funny and entertaining, and I'm interested to see, like, how it plays into the rest of the episode. Exactly. So then we move on to the theme song, and we are back in the manor. Piper walks into the living room with water and hands it to Phoebe. Prue's still sitting there with her, and she asks why a report about a baseball player would trigger that premonition. She says she saw them just standing there and uh, that she felt the fire, but she doesn't know, you know, what that had to do with, or she says that she doesn't know, answers Piper's question, and then, and then says, um, but I felt the fire and you guys were just standing there. Prue says there's no way that we would let that happen, not in the past, present, or future. 
and Phoebe's like, well, what did I do? Or what is it that I'm going to do? And then the doorbell rings and it's Leo and Piper goes to get it. They're flirting with each other. And he says that he has the afternoon off, but is working tonight. And she's like, oh, the old save the world excuse. He's like, like you've never had to use it. And then Piper kind of makes a face and he's like, oh, you're about to use it. And then this ringing happens that we hear when, I guess, Leo is being spoken to by whoever the hell he talks to. And Leo looks up and tells her it's okay because I have to take care of something too. And then Piper's like, okay, but we do really need to talk about things like where we stand. And Leo's like, rain check. Piper says, that's what we do best. And they kiss each other and he teleports out while they're kissing. And she's like, I hate when he does that. So... (laughs) I mean, going back to last episode, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm really confused about this whole Piper and Leo situation right now. Yeah, like, are they together or are they not together? Exactly, because if they're supposedly together, even though there was nothing to indicate that in the last episode, then Piper, like, full-on cheated on him. I know. (laughs) Like, Like, I'm a little confused as to what's happening right now. And, like, I mean, spoiler for later in the episode, but, like, she out here cheated and they gonna get married? I know, exactly. Like, okay, we'll see. Who even knows, dude? And it's not like it gets explained to us either. We just kind (laughs) of, we just kind of continue on. Yeah. But, um, anyways, anything to add about that scene? I mean, you know, I like their dynamic here. It's kind of, seeing kind of the struggle they're having in their relationship um, since, you know, Leo did not give up his powers like he offered to do last season. And I'm interested to see if this relationship is going to continue for them, how it's going to work with all the obvious, like, hardships that they're going to have to keep facing as far as both of them having to do things to save the world and prioritize that over the relationship. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't wait to see how it plays out with them and how their story goes on, because obviously already it's it is difficult between them, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. So then we are in the attic, and Leo appears there, and he starts turning the pages in the book, and then he teleports out just as the sisters are walking in, and they see that there are two spells there, one to send them to the future and one to bring them home, but once they use the spells, they'll disappear. And Phoebe's kind of reminding them that they almost died when they went to the past. This isn't something that they should just do. And Prue says that she had that premonition for a reason so that they can do something about it and figure out what it is that Phoebe did or is going to do. And Phoebe says, how do you know it's something I did? I mean, it might be a demon or a warlock that puts me there. And Prue asks if she really wants to wait to find out. She says that they can go and get enough information to stop it from happening. They just need a date. And Phoebe says February 12th, 2009. That's two weeks before the date she saw on the screen in her premonition. They all kneel down at the table with the book and this cauldron and Piper's kind of like, I wonder how I look. And Phoebe's like, Piper, you look great, but this is hardly the time. And Piper's like, not now, in the future. (laughs) And she's worried about what 10 years of vanquishing will have done to them. And Phoebe is holding the paper with the date over the cauldron. Prue sets it on fire. They all say the spell and they disappear and these like little white lights appear. Yes, so here... Still not too much. But now we see that Leo turns the pages of the book and he didn't say anything to them about it. So 
now I'm going to be wondering any time in the future that the pages start flipping on their own, like, is it Leo or is it Graham's? Like, is it their mom? Or <laughs> Yeah, like, there's so many people it could be. Because we've seen Leo do it once before in the um, in Secrets and Guys. We saw him turn the pages as well. That was the yeah, first time exactly. we saw him using, like, magic. So, who knows? Maybe, I mean, obviously, sometimes it's them and the girls just that never know. Yeah. But, anyways, I'm excited to see what happens to them in the future and what happened to Phoebe, I guess. Yeah, me too. I also love this little Piper moment where she's like, I wonder how you look. And Phoebe's like, Piper, you look great, but come on. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, just like, so sisterly to me. <laughs> it's so cute. I love it. Also, I feel like that would totally be me in that situation. Like, I'd be like, oh, what do I look like in 10 years, you know? Oh, 100%. Honestly, that probably would have been the first thought that crossed my mind, too. Mm -hmm. I always wonder that. Like, what am I going to look like? Yeah, like, it's because it's so weird. Like, I never think about myself older. So, like, to be like, what will I look like in 10 years is just such a weird thought. Yeah, right? Okay, well, now it's outside the manor and we see the time move from day to night several times, you know, showing that it's moving through the t uh, to the future. And then inside the manor, white lights circle around and appear and Piper's spirit goes into her future self's body sleeping on the couch and a little girl runs up to her saying mommy mommy and Piper sits up and she's like uh all confused I think you have the wrong house certainly the wrong mommy and the little girl's like stop fooling and she gives her a hug and then a car horn beeps outside and the girl runs out for carpool Piper looks at her and then at the mirror and uh she touches her hair and notices that there's a ring on her finger and then she's like oh and then she sees in the reflection of the TV behind her where there's a news show about Phoebe. And she turns around and she's like, where's the volume? And the TV turns up on its on its own. And from the hall, we hear the little girl say, Mom, I'm going to be late. And Piper's like, okay, TV, mute, like turn off. And a woman walks in and says good morning to Piper and asks if she's all right. And Piper's like, I guess. And she's like, yeah, uh, with your sister, I know it's rough. And she asks if she still wants her to pick up her daughter from school and take her to her exes. Piper's like, ex, as in husband, as in mine? Yes, if that's what I told you to do, then yes. And the woman asks if they're getting along better now. And Piper's like, maybe, <laughs> just has no idea what's going on. And she starts calling out for Prue, and the woman and her daughter start to leave. But before the daughter leaves, she walks over to Piper and whispers, Don't worry, Mommy. I promise I'll do as you ask. I won't ever use my magic again. And they hug, and she goes to her car, and Piper watches and, like, waves at her from the porch. And then all of a sudden, as they're pulling out, a limo pulls up, and Prue gets out, and she's got this long, blonde hair. And a guy and girl are with her, like, brushing her hair and cleaning her off and stuff. And she tells them to stop touching her. And she's like, stop, stay. And she goes up to Piper and tells her that she owns Buckland's and three more auction houses in Paris, Tokyo, and London. And that she woke up at work. And then she asks how things are for Piper. Piper laughs and they walk into the house. Prue asks if that's a good thing. And Piper's like, well, if you ignore my apparently failed marriage, the fact that I'm still living in the manor, and Prue's like, wait, you're married? And she's like, was, my daughter is on the way. She's like, you have a daughter? 
and Piper's like, yeah, and she's beautiful, and shows Prue a picture of her. Piper doesn't know her name, but knows that she has powers, and tells Prue that apparently she had told her not to use them, and she doesn't understand why she would do that. And Prue wonders why they're in their future bodies instead of being, like, observers like they were when they had gone to the past. Piper says it must be different than going to the past, but she wishes she could just remember what's happened in the past ten years. And then they realize that Phoebe is also in her future body. And Piper turns to the TV and tells it to go up again. And we hear the announcers say, We are now less than eight hours from the burning of Phoebe Hallowell, the witch accused of murdering Cal Green six months ago. And it cuts to Sierra Stone live at Hobart State Penitentiary. And she tells us that DA Nathaniel Pratt discovered the witch in August and is running for governor. And he's making a statement. And then it turns the mic to him, and he says they are going to clean our city of its greatest threat. Tonight, Phoebe Hallowell will burn for her crime, and when she does, let that be a warning to other witches out there. You're next. And Piper and Prue are just shocked. Yeah. So, big, big scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely a long one. God, I don't even know where to start. I just... I'm tongue-tied from reading. <laughs> yeah, so to go to the beginning, um, one thing that... Okay, so I'm probably going to sound very, like, unintelligent when I say this, but every other time I've watched this episode, it never occurred to me that, like, the volume up thing that Piper is doing is, like, them thinking that technology is so advanced that you would just tell your TV to turn up and it would do it. Like, I always thought Piper had a new power every time I watched this episode. Oh, wow. Did you think the same thing? the exact same thing <laughs> how did you realize that that didn't I, it might have been from having the captions on and like watching more closely but I noticed that like she says it to the tv like and then the tv moves as opposed to like it just happening in a way that was magic oh that's so true I was thinking like I really thought I was like, okay, I guess that's just a power she has in the future. Yeah, and it was always confusing to me because I was like, it's not related to her power at all. Me too. And I always thought about it like, I mean, we'll see throughout the episode as it goes on, the different powers and advancements that there have been since, like, for them, 10 years in the future. And I guess it's not too big of a spoiler to say, but, like, not everything is like that. Like, I don't... They don't, I don't think we ever really see them develop in 10 years the way that it's saying they will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Though, I mean, technically Charm didn't make it 10 seasons. So maybe it's just because we never actually got to 10 years. Maybe if they had gotten another two seasons, they would have gotten there. True. I mean, I guess you never know. But I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Like when I see what they show as Phoebe's power here really throws me off because it's like it's just like this one not related in any way yeah um and it it doesn't make sense that she would be able to do that yes to me but I think there's another episode coming up in season two where we can talk about other powers that Phoebe has and loses true but let's see what else let's talk about Piper's marriage and child very exciting I know, I cannot wait. Well, I guess we already said it in the beginning, but the fact that it's Piper and Leo. I'm thrilled for them, even though apparently they're getting a divorce. 
yeah, I know. I kind of wonder what happened there. But I'm excited for them to see, like, the f- I like that we're getting a glimpse at the future. And then kind of when we get to those parts, like, we can see the changes that they've made in the future, you know? Yeah. I also really like her connection with the daughter here. Like, even though, you know, obviously Piper doesn't know what's going on. Like, I feel like we could tell things about their relationship from the way she's like, come on, like, stop fooling. Like, so obviously Piper's like playful and fun with her daughter, but at the same time serious when we see this thing about Piper telling their daughter not to use her magic anymore. Yeah, I see Piper as a really good mom and she kind of already like just clicked right into it, it felt like. Mm -hmm. And then what about... Prue's future what do you think of that wig <laughs> awful it, it just doesn't work it does not it did not work for me that was that was a miss yeah they didn't they didn't do so well on that one I mean she looks good because she's beautiful like she's gonna look good no matter what but I think it doesn't suit her at all the blonde hair not a chance I mean <laughs> it doesn't work with her skin tone too well I guess yeah, they just can't pick I also just way. don't think it was the best wig like maybe if they'd had a slightly better wig it would have worked more it didn't have to be so blonde you know what I mean like it was like bright like it it looked like a wig (laughs) yeah I think that was kind of what threw me off about it could have done that a little better but yeah it's only a season two budget all right it's a little better, it's, but not that It's great. not a season five, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's going to take some time to get there. But about her future, kind of crazy. I mean, very, very into work as we see. I kind of like that they based their futures in this episode off, like, kind of how they are now. Mm-hmm. And you can see, like, Piper very, like we said, that romantic and this and that Prue on the other hand has always been very about her job about her work and so seeing this in the future her owning everything and having all these people and the way that it continues on throughout the episode like the where where she's at in the present we could see her progressing to this in the future and I think that they did a good job on that I mean I have some thoughts about who Prue is in the future scenes but I want to wait until we get to a later scene to talk about that yeah I mean there are some things that I don't I don't think so like that I don't know that felt a little off but at the same time I can see how out of all of them if there is one to be heavily work obsessed it could be proof yeah I get what you're saying also I mean as far as this Cal Green connection so we find out that the reason that that premonition was triggered is because what Phoebe is in prison for is killing that baseball player and what do we think of that Phoebe murdering in the future like I wonder how the hell could this have happened you know yeah I mean I wonder what I would be because obviously I knew but I wonder as a first time viewer like what you're thinking in that moment like if you're thinking she's falsely accused or like if you're thinking that like it has something to do with demons or like that maybe this baseball player is a like demon or a warlock or something like that like I wonder what's going through your mind yeah me too I'm definitely thinking the same thing so then we're in the manor in the attic And Prue says that she hopes they're still not going to the attic and grabbing the book in 10 years. And then they see that the book isn't there. So Prue starts looking for it. 
because they need it for the return spell and she's freaked out that they won't find it and won't be able to save Phoebe. So she moves her hand and everything moves and the wall explodes and Piper's kind of like been working out and Prue says, well, I guess that's a little sample of what 10 years does to our powers and Piper's like, and to our attic. Then she notices a key under the knocked over podium and Prue realizes it's to her safe at Buckland's. And that maybe they took the book there, but they aren't really sure why. So they decide to go there and see, and then go and see Phoebe. So right there, how intense her power became, like we've never seen it that strong before. She just moves little things, but here she's destroyed the place. Yeah, like it reminds me of in which Prue is it anyway, when she couldn't move that statue and now she could just destroy an entire room with a wave of her hand. I know, easily. She wasn't even trying either. Like, that was effortless. <laughs> but um, loving the power growth from her, at least at least it's the same power that she has, you know, just stronger, much stronger. <laughs> and then I don't feel that I have too much to say about this, except for, like, just the normal questions of, well, what's going to happen? Like, what, what are we going to see for the future? Why did they take the book out of the house? Is any of this going to be explained to us, you know? Yeah, like, I think I'm wondering the same things they are in this scene. Exactly. What Basically what they've already went over themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we move to the penitentiary, and we see Phoebe in her cell yelling for someone to talk to or for a snack or something. And then a guard slides a tray of some, like, different colored goop under the door and she approaches the door and gets and then he walks away doesn't even like say anything to her and then she runs up to the door and she's like hey and touches it and gets shocked by her collar like electrically (laughs) when she approaches it and then she was like holding her neck in pain and she's like do I even get a phone call someone yells shut up witch and she's just very confused as to what the hell is going on Um, Also, I forgot to point out before, because I think they already did the scene, because this was when the daughter left. You notice the way they thought cars were going to be in 2009? That was, like, the whirring of it, and, like, they have, like, futuristic-looking cars pass by. Like, cars were not like that in 2009. Yeah, like, cars are only starting to get like that now. They had too much expectation for us. (laughs) 10 years like you thought that was gonna be 10 years from now jesus christ like yeah i love how futuristic they tried to make um some little aspects of it and being that it's we've we're way past 2009 now and just seeing it it just makes me laugh yeah because it's funny because like it's their future but it's our past exactly like they didn't I mean, even the writers, like, nobody actually knew what was what it was going to be like in 2009, and now we're looking back at it like, oh my god, that's hilarious that it wasn't even close to that, you know? Yeah, the same way they mentioned, like, on the TV show when Piper was turning up the TV that, like, the real world was on the moon and, like, stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, fucking Blackberry cell phones were just becoming <laughs> popular you know what I mean barely a screen in 2000 like I think the iPhone came out like the very first version of it that no one had in like 2008 so like we were yeah. not <laughs> we were we were not very <laughs> far developed <laughs> but anyways I just thought that was funny here again not too much to say I feel bad that Phoebe is so lost like she's just like a lost little puppy has no clue what's going on 
and even the jail cell very very futuristic like it's just a yeah. whole big glass screen that can shock you if you touch it like that's crazy and i wonder if that has something to do with the fact that like they know she's magic or if that's just what they think jail cells are like in 2009 you know what i mean yeah, I was thinking the same thing, but then you see every other cell, like, as she's walking by and, you know, throughout the episode, and they all look like normal jail cells, you know? So it, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming it must be because she's magical that they built some sort of special... Yeah, so she, like, can't use her powers to get out or whatever. Exactly, yeah. Phoebe's looking a little rough, but it's okay. She's still she's still gorgeous, even in the Yeah. Scene. <laughs> but honestly, I don't love the hair. I don't love the long hair. No, me neither. I, I would have expected, or I would have thought that I would like it on her, but I think she pulls off shorter hair much better. <laughs> yeah. So then we're outside of Buckland's, and Prue and Piper get out of her same Jeep, and they're walking. Piper comments on it. She's like, I can't believe you get a limo and a driver, and I've still got my same old car. And Prue reminds her that she has a husband, and Piper's like, had a husband, you mean? I'm getting divorced, remember? And how do you know you don't have a guy in this time? I mean, I have a kid and an ex. You could have several. And Prue's like, exes? She's like, no, kids. I mean, we're in the future, but with no memory of the past 10 years. I don't even know who my ex-husband is. And then someone in front of them is tripping and like about to spill coffee. So Piper freezes the entire street by accident and the whole surrounding area is frozen as well. Leo walks up to them and he's super pissed off and asks what they're doing. Piper steps towards him saying that she's glad he's there, but he steps away from her and she asks him what's wrong. He's like, I knew you'd do something stupid like this. You used your magic in public. You want to end up like your sister. We had an agreement, no magic for Melinda's sake. And Piper's like, Melinda? He's like, our daughter, what's wrong with you? And Prue's like, wait a second, you're Piper's ex? And he gives her a look and then this woman turns the corner and notice everything is frozen and she yells, witch? And that's when everything unfreezes and she's still yelling. And they notice a poster of the DA we saw earlier in the episode, Pratt. And it's like uh, it's like that Uncle Sam poster where it's like, we want you, but it's like him pointing and it says like stuff about turning in witches. Leo tells them that they need to go before the witch hunters find them and they all run off. So I love that, first of all, Leo is the ex-husband. And I like that they named the daughter Melinda. It's just, it's very fitting for them, I think, because, you know, Melinda Warren, their ancestor, I thought that was pretty cute. Yeah, I thought so, too. And the way that the woman yells witch, she's like, witch, witch. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Every time I see it, it cracks me up. Like, I don't know why. (laughs) It's just like, like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) I feel like there's a lot in this scene, but they're all questioning things as we are because, you know, they're just as confused in the show. So I feel like I don't even have that much to ask. They're doing yeah. it for us. And I think that's like a really good like writing technique is like having the characters ask the same questions the audience is asking. Um, it really works in this episode. And I think it's one of the biggest strengths of this episode is kind of having us go through all the moments with them. It's kind of like when we go back to the pilot, like, we were figuring out magic with them. Here, we're figuring out their future with them. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's very, it definitely works for this episode. They played it in nicely, couldn't have done a better job. And yeah, I mean, they everything they're saying, we're, we're wondering the same thing as the audience. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, I'm really interested because I feel like we never see Leo so harsh. 
So finding out more about like how his character developed from the guy we see in the present day episodes to this like futuristic, like more harsh, more um, kind of controlling, demanding type of character. I'm interested to see like kind of what got him there and what happened between him and Piper. Me too. I'm definitely thinking the same thing because noticing his personality, that's not how we've ever seen him. And maybe it changes the more, you know, the more he plays in the show, but it never really does. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't remember ever seeing Leo, like, speak to them or be this demanding with them like this, you know? It's, it's just not really him. So I wonder what happened that turned him into that, you know, in this uh, version of the future. Yeah, me too. Okay, so now we go back to the penitentiary, and Phoebe is sitting in her cell, and here's someone coming and she's like prue piper stupid like why would you think that it would be them but um (laughs) it's pratt and he says they haven't come visit you before why would they come now no they're not they're going to be just as happy to be rid of you as i am and she asks who he is and he apologizes for not seeing her in so long he's like executions are a bitch to plan and she gets up and approaches the glass and she's like um I've had a lot of time to do some thinking about why I'm here and he's like no amount of thinking will change the outcome justice will be served for your crime and she's like but it wasn't really a big crime was it and he's like you are truly evil what bigger crime is there than taking another man's life and Phoebe like slowly backs away and sits down very shocked and she's like I killed someone and he asks if she's trying to like, if this is an act, if she's trying to plead insanity and stuff, saying that. And then he's like, it won't work. You have five hours left to live. And she's shocked again because she thought it was two weeks before. And then he tells her that she represents everything he abhors and that she's a threat to everything good and pure in the world. And she says, you're talking out of fear. Just because you don't understand something doesn't make it evil. And he says, no, it's you who doesn't understand. You killed a man using your power, and now you're going to die because of it. I only wish that I could burn all of your kind with you. And then he looks at the clock and says, don't worry, in time I will. This is only the beginning. And he leaves. I can't really tell. I mean, I guess I kind of can. Obviously, we're not supposed to like this guy. I do understand where maybe this situation is coming from, you know, like, Obviously, if you don't know anything about witches, if you don't know that they're good, and your first image is Phoebe killing a man with her powers, you're going to think that they're evil. But, Mm -hmm. like, the way he acts, it's very smug to me, and it almost feels like he's got a higher agenda, like, more of a power. Yeah, I mean, we know he's running for governor, right? So I think that's definitely part of what we're supposed to see in his character as well. Like, he almost comes across as, like, a modern-day Hitler. (laughs) Yeah, I think we could actually, if we're going to make a historical comparison to him, I think we could very much relate him to, like, McCarthy and, like, kind of the way that the Red Scare was sort of doing to communism. Like, it was a witch trial for communism, right? So here it's, like, a witch trial for actual witches, and I think we could talk more about that later in the episode when we have the scene in the warehouse, which I think is actually the next scene. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. Okay. So then we're at like some warehouse or something and Prue, Piper, and Leo are all walking up some stairs together and there are a bunch of other people there. 
Cruz telling Leo that they're from 10 years ago and Piper tells him that they have no idea what's going on. And he's like, don't even lie to me. All right, Phoebe is set to die today. And I only hope that this madness dies with her. These people are in danger because of the witch trials that she started. And Prue is asking how Phoebe started them. And Leo doesn't get why they're pretending not to know what's going on. And then Piper walks like right up to him and kisses him. And like Prue like looks away like embarrassed. And then he looks at her and is like, you haven't kissed me like that since. And Piper's like, since this morning, 1999, remember? We were supposed to meet. You had to leave. I went up to the attic and this is where I came. The future. And if you don't believe me, at least believe what you feel. Trust that. And he looks at her and remembers that, like, he opened the book to the future spell, but he didn't know why. And then he's like, wait, you don't know what's happened in the last 10 years, any of it? And Prue shakes her head. He tells them the people around them have been accused of being witches and are in hiding. Some of them are witches, but most of them were falsely accused. And that Phoebe killed Cal Green six months ago because he murdered somebody, a really good friend of Phoebe's. And he got off on a technicality, and that's when Phoebe crossed the line from protecting the innocent to punishing the guilty. She got caught killing him with her power and was exposed by Pratt. And Prue kind of says, well, Phoebe's power can't kill. And Leo says that it's been 10 years, all of their powers have grown. Piper says that they need to go to Phoebe and explain, and Leo tells them they can't because Pratt right now thinks that they're not witches, they can't expose themselves. And Piper is like, Leo, she's our sister, we're not going to let her die. And then he hears that little, like, ringing noise again. He says he'll go, he's still their guide. He'll orb, so we finally find out what him teleporting is called. This whole time I've been trying not to say it every time he does it until we finally hear the word. So he says he'll orb in and talk to her. And they agree to this. Um, They say they'll get the book and they can all meet back at the manor. Piper's like, Leo, um, we got married. And he just smiles at her and Prue tells her to come on and they can talk later. It almost feels like throughout um, the episode, we get the sense that, like, even though they're divorced, they still, they never really stopped loving each other, like, and, you know, we'll find out what what exactly happened with their, you know, how they got in this position to be divorced, but, I mean, even Leo's little smile at her, like, kind of like, wow, I missed this kind of feeling, you know? Yeah, I get that sense, too, and I really like it, because I think... I think sometimes things are more complicated when they seem and when you just like look back at it like you could still love that person and I like that he's experiencing that because he's like wow this is the Piper I fell in love with in the first place you know like everything that happened in the 10 years is suddenly gone. Yeah exactly like it kind of brought him back a little and I think and like you saw that like that smile was just so genuine of him it was so cute I don't know why that like got my heart a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, Um, once again, um, those witch trials connections we're seeing here. So it's a link back to kind of like what happened in Salem. And then, of course, um, the idea of kind of McCarthyism and politicians using these witch trials to gain political clout and stuff. So I just can't sit here and pretend like I know what the hell McCarthy is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... You're going to have to explain that one to me. (laughs) A little history lesson. Okay, so... Basically, in the 1950s, there was this idea um, where just after World War II, when kind of Russia was taking over Eastern Europe, there was this great fear of communism. And this also came up right after World War I. This was kind of like the second Red Scare, basically. 
And the way it worked was this one guy led it. His name is Joseph McCarthy. And he was in the Senate, I believe. And he basically led all these Senate trials that weren't real trials where they would accuse people of communism and like completely destroy their lives. There were two people who were executed because of it. There may have been more, but I remember learning about two in history class. And basically what they were doing was anyone who like took an interest in the communist party in like the 1920s, 1930s, whatever, they were calling these people in, like they were losing their jobs, they were losing their businesses, they were losing their homes, all these things because they were being accused of being communists. Some of them actually were, but most of them were just people who had attended meetings or like had had an interest in communism and they were afraid that these people were going to be like Russian sympathizers and like try to destroy the United States basically. And Joseph McCarthy was kind of the leader of this um, witch hunt. Like I did know about a lot of that, but I didn't know about the whole McCarthy thing and that they were executing and accusing people of things like that. That part, yeah, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so that was kind of what I think at least this episode is a reference to. That makes sense, yeah. As well as, of course, you know, the real witch trials and kind of Salem and things like that. I like it when they kind of reference history. It's interesting, and I I always love kind of using magical things as like an allegory for political issues, so that's always interesting to me, too. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things in the show that they kind of subtly reference using like a magical idea to almost make it less controversial or less political, if that makes sense, less serious. Um, Yeah. But it still it still kind of portrays the message, like even the message that they send about women and just things like that, that we've talked about several times in the past. The show does a really good job at uh, presenting those things. Yeah, I totally agree. But it's still baffles me I mean no matter what that Phoebe actually did kill someone and did it out of revenge I can't imagine seeing present-day Phoebe murder anyone whether they are a killer or not you know what I mean yeah and it's something that like I'm really interested in kind of how they go through and get to the justifications for it later in the episode but it's also one of those things where As much as it is shocking that she, you know, used her power to kind of take revenge, I, I almost understand it. Like, I don't, like, obviously, you know, Phoebe shouldn't have killed someone with her powers, but I could see, like, where that would come from, because we've seen Phoebe as this, like, very caring, like, very loyal, very loving person, so I could see kind of, like, how when Rodriguez killed Andy, like, Andy was kind of like, don't take revenge, don't do this for me, whatever. So, like, I think that that's something that exists in Prue and could exist in Phoebe, too, kind of that desire for revenge. But it's just, it's hard to, like, understand it, but it's also, like, it it makes sense logically to me. Yeah, I guess now that you say all that, that it does make sense. I mean, I, I definitely could understand it. It's just, I see Phoebe as, like, And even all of them, I feel like there's times where they're like, okay, demons, yeah, but humans, like, we could never. But Mm -hmm. also, I like the way that further in this episode, they kind of explain the progression of how mentally the girls got to the point that they are in the future Mm -hmm. and the lesson that they learned because of it. And I guess we could talk about it more when we get there, but I, I am interested in that as well. 
Yeah, because even Prue and Piper kind of justify it when they talk to Phoebe later and they're like, well, you killed a killer. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, exactly. they understand where she's coming from, too. But we could talk about that more later. Yeah. Okay, so now we move to Buckland's. People are surrounding Prue as her and Piper walk in. And then this redheaded woman comes out of nowhere and tells them, like, people, back off. Like, she'll meet with all of you after lunch. And they go into her office, and Piper follows behind them. And she, like, walks in with Prue and then shuts the door, not even realizing Piper's there. Then starts talking to Prue about an acquisition. And Piper comes in, and the woman looks at her all confused. And uh, Prue's like, it's Piper, my sister. And the woman didn't even know who she was. And says, oh, right, sorry, I almost forgot you had another one. Piper says, that's okay, I forgot your name too. And she says that her name's Anne, Prue's personal assistant. And Prue is like, did my husband by any chance call? And uh, Anne laughs and she's like, husband, good one, like you have the time. <laughs> and then Prue kind of makes a little face like, damn. And she's looking at paperwork. And then Anne says apparently that Prue had pushed the acquisition through with tons of layoffs and said to hell with the little people like says that <laughs> Prue said that in the meeting and then she tells Anne that she needs to talk to Piper privately and Prue is all pissed off about her future self and is like what happened to me and she moves over to a painting and opens the safe that's behind it with the key that they found at the manor and the book is in there and the pages where the spell was were blank Prue says that must mean that our future selves have already used it, which means, and Piper's like, we have no way of getting home. And she closes the book. Mm -hmm. So this is the scene where I was talking about earlier how I can't believe that Prue's character got here. It's like very hard for me to believe that Prue would ever become the type of person who would just like lay people off and kind of be like, well, fuck everybody but me and be all about money and the glamour and all that like it just seems very out of character to me it did feel very out of character and I think that's kind of what they are I mean I kind of tried to put it into perspective like <sighs> I mean I guess we can talk about it'll be better explained as we finish the episode and go through the scenes but seeing how Phoebe and the girls got from where they were the present day to the future and how Phoebe ended up in that position because of like actions in the past. It's almost like they're trying to show like what could happen if they allow themselves to continue down certain paths. Like say Prue does become more cold hearted because of the whole Andy thing and everything in her life. And then does leave her sisters because maybe she doesn't feel she still feels like no I don't want to be a witch anymore let me just go focus on work and not think about anything else because that's kind of what they were showing in the last episode that she was like avoiding the witchcraft and focusing on work mm -hmm. and then here I mean they show the progression of her maybe becoming more cold-hearted and getting more into her job and just how power can affect you I guess in the like the more you have yeah um and, you know, we'll also see later in the episode that they've done a lot of things for personal gain. But it also so makes I, me wonder, because I feel like Piper's future self seems like someone I could see Piper becoming, whereas, like, Prue and Phoebe's future selves seem like they really went so far off from, like, who they could have been if they weren't doing that. Yeah. 
Exactly. And it, it doesn't really fit with the people that they are now and the morals that they have now, like present day. But I mean, I can kind of see where the connection stemmed from mm -hmm. is is basically just what I took away, you know? Yeah, definitely. So then we're at the penitentiary and Leo orbs into Phoebe's cell behind her and she's sitting in a chair. She sees him in the reflection and gets up and turns around. She's like, Leo, oh, thank God. And she's going on and he tells her to be quiet or they'll hear. And she asks where Prue and Piper are in a whisper and is like, they're not coming. So what, you'll just grab me and we'll orb out or whatever and we'll meet them back at the, and he's like, look, Phoebe, I'm so sorry. And she asks if something happened to her sister. And he tells her that no one is going to rescue her. And she laughs. And she's like, if that is some type of white lighter humor, let me be the first to tell you, you are not a very funny race of people. <laughs> she sits down and he sits next to her and tells her what she did. And she's like, why does everyone think I killed someone? I wouldn't. I couldn't. What did I even do? Premonition the man to death? My power is passive. And he tells her not in the future, that she's changed and has to suffer the consequences. She doesn't believe him, and he brings her a paper about Cal Green. She holds it and gets a premonition of herself. She, like, is using this power with her hands where she's, like, floating and, like, electrocutes him to kill him. And then after seeing that, Phoebe's kind of like, oh, my God, what have I done? And Leo orbs out, and she stands up and calls his name and then yells for help. So that's what I was talking about when I said that I don't really see her power escalating to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, worded, like... Like, the electricity just felt very out of place. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, other aspects of it were understandable, but, you know, we were not even there yet. But it doesn't seem like it had any real connection to her power now. Like, how did it just evolve into that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if it's, like, a power that has more to do with, like, the mind than electricity, and that's kind of how it's related to premonitions because like when we look at it she's like doing it over his head right so I wonder if it's like somehow like connected to like the brain and the brain chemistry in some way I guess that could make more sense and you know who knows maybe we'll get some sort of explanation for it or uh, understanding of it more as time goes on but uh also I was also thinking like it could have been that maybe she cast a spell so that because they, they do things like that, like in the future, or in the, tr with the truth spell, like they cast a spell so they were able to hear everyone's thoughts. Like that's not a typical power of theirs, but maybe she casted a spell to give her some sort of uh, way to kill this man. Yeah, like a more physical power or something. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I like the way they have Leo very set in stone on a, like the greater good, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, he doesn't want Phoebe to die, but... Especially not past Phoebe. Exactly. He's just explaining, like, that's why he's like, I wish you remembered what you did, but this is what needs to happen. Like, you you have to pay the consequences for it. Like, that's kind of what they basically, like, agreed upon in the first episode with the incantation. Like, you know, you use your powers... You can't use your powers for personal gain like that, or you will pay consequences. And this is this is the ultimate consequence, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So then we go to the manor, and Prue and Phoebe are in the, or Prue and Piper are in the living room, and Piper is wondering where Leo is, and Prue is looking through the book, 
notice and notices that some pages are marked and they're all new spells and says that there's one to create a door to induce slumber a glamour to change one's appearance she says that there's also some little like potion baggies attached to some of the pages and she notices some other ones like to create money to bend someone's will to erase a memory and a binding spell and Prue realizes that it must have been their future selves plan to break Phoebe out because she also finds a map of the prison in the book. And she's like, but something is bothering me. I mean, clearly some of these spells are for personal gain. And Piper's like, well, we wouldn't break the rules. And Prue says that maybe that they wouldn't, but maybe in 10 years they would for Phoebe. And then Leo comes in and they're like, Leo, where's Phoebe? he says she's in prison where she's where she belongs Prue's like Leo you were supposed to bring her back here and he says no I said I'd go to her and I did to explain to her why she has to pay for her crime Piper says you're our guide you're supposed to protect us and you're just gonna let her die and he says that he's trying to protect the greater good if Phoebe is saved by magic this will all continue and their daughter will grow up in a world where her power is punishable by death. Is that and like is like is that what you want? And Piper's like, of course not. And he says, well then it has to end with Phoebe. She has to die. Prue's pissed. She's like, like hell, she's gonna. And Piper sees this and freezes him. And she tells Prue to relax because her powers are dangerous. And then they walk over to the book. And Prue's like, he's gonna stay frozen, right? And Piper says, if he knows what's good for him, he'll stay frozen. And then they start getting the spells yeah so I really love this scene I love the kind of chemistry between the three of them I don't think we've had many like Prue Leo and Piper scenes in the past so I really like the interactions between them and I really like like Leo standing up for himself in a way that I don't think we've seen him do in the show like in any past scenes so far yeah exactly it shows his basically what his morals are like he's really this is what he believes in, the greater good, and that's why he is a white lighter, that's why this is his job, basically, you know, like, he understands that he has to do this, even, like, 10 years in the future, like, that hasn't changed for him. Mm -hmm. Like we were saying before, like, I really am interested in kind of these spells, and even though we'll never get to, like, meet their future selves, it's interesting to think about how they could have gotten to the point where they are doing all these things for personal gain, even beyond, you know, like, what they're doing to break Phoebe out, um, just how they got to the point they're at and how they must have changed as people to kind of get to this point is really interesting. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder what they're going to take away from all of it. Like if that is going to change their future outcomes, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's pretty much what this episode is supposed to be saying. And the way that I like the slow progression and See, we're not going to be able to figure this out until we actually get to the moment, but um, like how how defensive they're being about protecting her and like saving Phoebe and the fact that Leo's trying to so hard to make them understand like the greater good, you know, and their job as witches and how some things are more important, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the greater good versus like one person even if that person is your sister exactly which is such a hard position to be put in but I think that's what they're kind of trying to show is that like this is pretty much the the choice you'll have to make if you're not careful you know mm -hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. So then we're at the penitentiary and Pratt is on the TV that a guard is watching and he's talking about how today is a victory for all. And we see Phoebe sitting on the floor in her cell in front of the bed and she kind of looks up as she hears this. So we just kind of see her reaction. So again, this scene I think is just establishing, you know, Pratt as kind of like this person who wants this political power. And then, you know, of course- kind of see Phoebe, uh, Phoebe thinking about what she did and probably what Leo said as well. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. So then we move to Leo's house and Piper and Prue pull up and Prue says, Piper, if you're going to do this, you better hurry. Leo can unfreeze and be home any second. Besides, Phoebe has less than an hour, and then Piper takes a page of spell, like of a spell, and leaves the car. Prue looks on after her. Piper looks through the window and sees her daughter inside playing with a doll, and she has the binding spell in her hand. And then she's looking very emotionally, like this is really difficult for her, and Leo orbs in behind her. And he says, you can't do it, can you? And she's like, no. Our grandmother did it to us for protection. And he tells her she doesn't have to. He, he'll take care of her. And she's like, I know you will. And then is like, so we were together. Does that mean you clipped your wings for me? And he says, no, you wouldn't let me. And says that they tried to make it work, and then it didn't, and then all this happened. And Piper says, were we happy? Just for a little while, were we happy? And they're both getting very emotional at this point, and he says, very. And then she looks at him and asks if he's going to try to stop them. And he says, I can't do that. And she says, I hope you understand why I have to do what I'm doing. And he's like, yeah. And they're both like crying at this point. And she says, what are we going to do? And he looks away and looks back at her and says, what we always do. She's like, talk about it later. And she leaves. And Prue sees them and looks down as Piper gets back into the car. And Prue asks her what's wrong. And Prue's like, I have no one to say goodbye to. No life. They didn't even know who you were at the office. My own sister. If we die tonight, my tombstone will read, Here lies Prue. She worked hard. And Piper's like, We're not going to die. We're going to find a way back to the present, and we'll create a new future. And Prue says, What if we can't? According to Phoebe's premonition, they fail. Piper says, Our future selves fail. We still got a shot. And Prue agrees with her, and they start to drive off. Okay, so the Piper and Leo of this scene is absolutely devastating to me. It's so hard to think, and, like, I hope that they can change this for their future, but that, like, you know, they tried to make it work and they just couldn't, and that they were happy at one point, but it couldn't be that way. It just, it sucks so bad to think about. I mean, we don't really get a clear, like, exactly what happened, but we know that, obviously, that is pretty much what it had to do with, which... Like I said before, it has less to do with them falling out of love with each other or problems between them. Like, it's more about they both had to focus on their jobs, you know? Like, this is what they have to do. So when you see Leo here getting emotional, even though he's already gone through it, so he's, like, started out being really angry with Piper and everything, you can see that he's realizing or, like, just remembering the past and how happy they were and... I'm sure how much he still loves her and could love her again. And just seeing them get all emotional like that together was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. um, and with their daughter, which 
another thing I just wanted to point out real quick. Why is she there unattended? Like, <laughs> Literally, isn't she, like, seven years old? Like, for a moment, I was like, maybe she's, like, still with the babysitter at the babysitter's house and Leah was supposed to come get her or something. Like, maybe this is his. But they say that it's Leah's house. So, like, I mean, also, how did they even know where to go? <laughs> yeah, how did they know where Leo lives? Exactly. Like, they have zero recollection of anything, and somehow they pull up to his house. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little bit that doesn't make sense there, but overall, emotional scene, so we're not going to focus too hard on that. Yeah, and then, you know, kind of what Prue says you know, how she didn't build anything of her life, and Piper kind of gives that hopeful speech that they could change the future. Yeah, yeah, like I said before, with the realizations of the things they've done wrong in the future to get them to this point, like, I can't wait to see what they learn from it and what what things they choose to change about themselves in order to avoid becoming, like, or to avoid turning into this. Yeah, totally agree. All right. So then we go to the penitentiary and Prue and Piper are outside. They're running past the guards and Piper's like, don't people normally break out of prison? And Prue's like, nothing about this is normal. They approach a wall and they pull out the spell to create a door and they do the spell and they walk in. Then by Phoebe's cell, we see a guard come with handcuffs to get her. Then we're in the hall where a guard approaches Prue and Piper who are now inside and tells them to freeze, and Piper's like, good idea, and she freezes him. Then Prue pulls out the map and says that Phoebe's cell should be up those stairs over there, so they walk past, and they approach the cell, but see that Phoebe's already gone. Then we see in another hallway, Phoebe is being walked towards Pratt and the others who are standing outside the room for her execution, and, like, the fire is going off, and we can see that, so we know that this is about to go down. I know, high drama. (laughs) (laughs) like turning on the fire why would you make her who does that makes them watch it before it happens like (laughs) (laughs) and then inside the room phoebe is chained to the stake and pratt comes up to her and says i love the smell of burnt witch in the morning douchebag and she says at least i'm paying for my crime there'll come a day where you have to pay for yours too and he shakes his head says remorseless till the end huh And then he walks over to the people, like the viewers, and says, let today be a lesson to all of those who would seek to defy human nature with their way of life. Let today serve notice that black magic will not be tolerated in our society. And let today be remembered as the day we burned the witch and, like, points to the guy so that he can turn on the machine to burn her. And just as he's about to turn on the fire, Piper and Prue approach and walk in the room and Piper freezes it. So everyone is frozen except for Phoebe, of course. And then Piper starts to break her free. Phoebe is like kind of pulling away and is like, no, no, you guys have to leave. My future self deserves to be here. And Piper's like, but you killed a killer. Don't be ridiculous. And Prue says, this is all Pratt's personal crusade. This isn't about us. It's about him. Wherever Wherever we go, he will follow us. He will hunt us and he will hunt our families. If anybody should be punished, it should be him. And Prue, we see, lifts her hand like she's about to, you know, move him. And Phoebe tells her to wait and says, don't become a murderer, too. It has to end with me. And Piper is like, but it, 
he's a killer again. And then, <laughs> and she said, Phoebe says, the wrong thing done for the right reason is still the wrong thing. Our job is to protect the innocent, not punish the guilty. And I crossed that line, and I know that. Phoebe and all three of the sisters are crying at this point. She says, and now you guys have to know that too. They say that they're not going to leave without her. And Phoebe's like, we were sent here for a reason. Maybe not to stop this like we thought, but maybe to understand why this has to happen. Why you have to let this happen. I don't want to die, but I don't want you guys to die because of me. And they all hug and keep crying. And uh, she kisses them both on the cheek and says, I love you. And she goes back to her place on the stand. And time unfreezes and the fire turns on. And Phoebe burns as they watch and cry. Prue and Piper hug and Phoebe starts screaming. For some reason, this scene always hits me. Like, even though it's, I don't know. It's just, this is an emotional scene to me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, just putting myself in kind of their shoes. And I think this says so much about who Phoebe is as a person that she's kind of willing to accept responsibility for what her future self did in order to protect the people she loves and to protect the the greater good the same way that Leo's been talking about the entire episode. Whereas, you know, because Piper and Prue are, of course, the ones who are going to lose her, it's a lot harder for them to accept this truth and kind of learn this lesson that they were sent to the future to learn. Exactly, yeah. Like, they they have Phoebe understand it and recognize this, which I feel like it would be much easier for her herself to understand this than it would them, like you said, because they're the ones that would have to lose her and kind of live with the idea that they just sat back and watched her die Mm -hmm. yeah also another thing about this um and not just about executions in general it's so weird that they have people like watch things like this going on like who's like i really want to go to an execution today like sounds fun no like what are we gonna do today let's go watch a fucking execution there's always it's it's i've always wondered the same thing like why people are there and like why is that allowed Mm -hmm. I mean why would you like you are at the end of the day no matter how you feel about executions or whatever like it's still someone being killed someone being murdered and I mean to sit back and watch I just don't think I could be one of the people there you know no definitely not and like I mean Pratt himself it's also weird that he's like running it when like isn't he like a district attorney like why is he the one like in control of this yeah that's where it kind of comes across like because i i almost took it as like um i mean what you said makes a lot more sense the uh, mccarthy thing but i i saw it as like pretty much like a dictatorship you know where Mm -hmm. you slowly like with hitler he kind of slowly slowly convinced people that like oh, the Jews are wrong, the Jews are bad, and, like, this is what happened. Blame them for um, what happened in Germany and kind of put people against each other until it escalated to a point where it was, like, it just became horrible, you know? And that's kind of what this reminds me of, where he's, like, starting out trying to come across as this, like, great guy trying to protect them, get rid of all this evil, but really, like, He's just going to (sighs) continue. Yeah, no, and now that you're saying it this way, it completely makes sense to me, the comparison, actually. Like, I think at first I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. But no, now I I totally get what you're saying, especially in the fact that he's like, 
running for this political office and trying to gain power that way so that he could get to that dictator role like i totally get what you're saying starting off by using people and using their emotions to come across as this good guy and get them on his side and then slowly gaining more and more power from it until he's the one that has control over everything you know Mm -hmm. yeah like that's kind of what it it reminded me and the people in hiding like all these people that had to hide in that moment in that time too so I feel like it honestly can relate to a lot of things and again like they just compare things like I love the way they compare in the show to real life and real life situations that have happened or are going on it's just it makes it feel a lot more real and I feel like you still kind of learn a little bit you learn something yeah and I mean at the end of the day like hate is hate no matter what group it is that you're targeting and kind of trying to take out like a genocide is a genocide exactly and that's how that's how I kind of always see this episode as and I've always been a big like so I'm not like that big into history but uh World War II has always fascinated me so I think maybe that's part of where my interest in this episode comes from the kind of rise to power and the way you can see all that and like the hunts for these people like it just feels very similar to something that could happen in real life Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, kind of like you're saying, like, I am a history person, but I'm more of like a US history person. So I think that's why like McCarthyism is what came to my mind before the Holocaust. Right. But it sucks that like, no matter what way you look at it, like you can think of something like it's happened time and time again. So it's not like, it's not a completely made up story, like it comes from somewhere. Exactly. Something that something horrible that kind of has repeated itself in history multiple times which is just Mm -hmm. kind of like the idea of like we never learn our lesson Mm -hmm. as a society I don't know I thought it was just really interesting the way they have it played out you know yeah no I totally agree so then we're outside the manor and we see the day and night flashing again so we're moving back through time then we are inside the manor where we see white lights appear and Prue and Piper appear, and they're still hugging and crying, but they're in their clothes from the past, and their hair is back to the way it was before, and Prue says, what are we doing here? Piper calls for Phoebe. They're worried that, like, because she died in the future, she might have not have come back, but then she walks in from the other room, and all three of them hug, and Prue says, we thought that we lost you. Phoebe said, you did. I was burning, and I could feel the flames on my skin, and then I was here. I don't know what happened. Prue tells her that she's safe and she's home and Piper's kind of like yeah but when and she turns on the tv and the same news story from the beginning is playing and they realize they're back on the day they cast the spell and Prue says we were sent to the future to find out what Phoebe did maybe we came back to stop it from happening Piper doesn't understand why they were sent back to that day instead of the day Phoebe killed Cal Green then they hear the dog barking again and they all go to the window and the dog is about to poo and Prue opens the window and Piper freezes again and she's like this guy still hasn't learned his lesson and Phoebe from behind them says apparently neither have we I think this is why we were sent back here to this moment in time this is where it all started the first time we used our magic for revenge and Piper's like it's just a little thing it's harmless And Phoebe says, yeah, but once you break the small rules, it's just a matter of time before the big ones are next. Prue says, a very smart girl once told me we're supposed to protect the innocent, not punish the guilty. And Phoebe says, I haven't told you yet. Piper says, now maybe you won't have to. 
crew looks back out the window and they realize that the guy with the pooing dog is Pratt. (laughs) (laughs) And he unfreezes and sees them all looking at him from the window and then he walks away. Phoebe says that our little act of revenge might have been what sent Pratt on his path to seek his own. Piper thinks they should keep an eye on him, but they all hope that now he won't start the witch trials. They all walk back into the living room, and Prue says that she's taking the night off of work so they can all go out together. And she says we all have a lot of changes to make if we want to avoid ending up where we just came from. And Piper says, we, hey, the future wasn't all bad. You were like Miss Fortune 500, and I had a beautiful little girl. And she says we can still make the good things happen, Piper. We just have to make the right choices. And Prue is calling someone, and Piper says, so maybe Leo and I will end up together. And then the bell rings, and she says, speak of the angel. So then she opens the door and says, hey, stranger, to Leo, like she had in the morning. And she comes over and kisses him. And he's like, I would have settled for a nice hello. And she says, didn't anybody ever tell you not to settle? And he says, that's a good lesson. She's like, I've been learning a lot of them lately. He says, so I've heard. And he tells her he doesn't know what happened, just that they had something to learn. And says, you three were given a glimpse of your future to learn a valuable lesson. I'm glad you learned it too, because I know they wouldn't have brought you back if you hadn't. And then he tells her that he has to work tonight. And she says, this is always going to be a problem for us, isn't it? And he says, I'm willing to work on it. Piper says, good, don't ever forget that you said that. And they kiss again. And that's how the scene or the episode ends. All right, so I think let's talk about the little Piper and Leo scene first, and then let's go back to that other one. Okay. Super cute ending. Um, I love this. I love the idea that not only did she learn about, you know, using magic from the past, I mean, from the future, but she also learned that her and Leo can make their future work, and, like, she can still change that, too. Yeah, I think she did get that idea from it, and I'm glad that she's taking it this way and not so, like, oh my God, it's not going to work out between us. And him saying that he's willing to work on it. Like it, it was just a very cute ending. You know, I'm, I'm happy that she kind of realized that and that they can maybe hopefully make it work. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Like, I'm like, let's get a happy ending for Piper and Leo. I know, I'm, I'm praying on it. We didn't get it for Prue and Andy. Come on, we've got nothing for Phoebe so far. Like, yeah, <laughs> give, us, give us something. And about back you know inside inside the manor when they first show up I just want to point out I know it was for like suspense and everything but Prue and Piper were touching each other and like there in the moment and came back in the living room how come Phoebe didn't also return in the living room like she was only two feet away from them in the future and then she like came back in the kitchen or something like what? yeah I didn't really get that part either that was super weird like they had her come out of nowhere just for the suspense sake of it but <laughs> really they should have all appeared together yeah anyways I think this is what I was basically saying before about them all kind of learning different things to change in the future like here we kind of I like that they connected the whole dog shit thing in the beginning to the ending and how they learned their lesson, how this was the very first moment they ever decided to use their powers for revenge and kind of like the snowball effect of that. 
where like mm-hmm. they do it once so they're like oh well we could just do this or maybe we could do this and then it can turn into what happened to Phoebe in the future the more that they take advantage yeah and of course you know the fact that it was Pratt and he's the one who of course he's going to notice something happen and then that leads to him later finding out about more and more magic exactly like it was just like a a snowball effect that led them to that version of the future which is why I that's what I kind of meant that I couldn't really explain um more of them taking advantage now and kind of if they were to continue doing that then I could see how that mindset would change within Prue and that mindset would change within Phoebe where they would become more and more more and more likely to uh fall off the path that they're on you know Mm -hmm. yeah people do change and it, it it does happen Yeah, and I like that, like, magic isn't the only lesson. Like, we just talked about how Piper learned, like, what she needs to do to maybe try to make her relationship work. And also, I mean, Prue's learning what she has to do if she wants a life outside of work and outside of magic. Like, she needs to find more for herself. I think that's what kind of she took away from the future. Yeah, like, there was just so much that they were able to realize in this episode. And I just absolutely love it. Like, there's so much. And I wonder what what changes this is going to mean for Prue in at work and Piper in their relationship, like her and Leo's. And um, I mean, I guess for Phoebe, we know the lesson that she learned is basically just not using her magic for revenge, but still like we have a lot to look forward to because of this. Yeah, definitely. Like I feel like some things from this episode are going to affect later in the season and I'm excited to talk about that as we get there. Me too. I, I can't wait. Aside from the fact that this is just, one of and always will be one of my favorite episodes um just wanted to throw that out there again (laughs) I don't think I have anything else to say besides that yeah I mean this was a really good one other than the little critiques I threw in throughout like I don't really have anything big to say agreed thanks for listening to this week's episode if you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod you can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com and join us back next time for season two, episode three, The Painted World.